Greetings, Earthlings. You're listening to the Probing Aliens podcast. I am your host, Golf, aka Putt Putt, and today we're probing tattoos. Let me return. And today I am joined by my lovely sister, Maya. Thank Maya, you. How thank are we you. doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you. I am always glad to have one of my family members on, trying to put everybody on the whole map and to let the whole world know what they're doing so that more people can go to you for their tattoos. So, well, I'm grateful that I'm here. Thank you. Yeah, for- yeah, yeah. For having me be on your podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are recording at my house because my sister and my brother are obviously visiting in town all the way from Utah. Great place. Great place. Is it a great place? It's a great place to visit. Yeah. So I've only visited, I think, like three times now. But could you give me a little rundown on Utah from, you know, someone who hasn't visited before? Yeah. Okay. So great place to visit, but also a great place to live, a great place to have a family if you're into that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very clean. Um, you're not going to see a lot of riffraff there. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, when you go outside of Utah, it's, I mean, we're in the, a bubble in mm-hmm. Utah. They, they make fun of us native Utah people because... You know, we're in this little, like, safe space bubble in Utah. Like, nothing bad happens in Utah for the most part. And then when you travel outside of Utah, you see all of, like, the actual world. Like, you really? know, that's kind of how we feel whenever we travel outside. It's like, whoa, there's a world outside of, like, safe sp- spot Utah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's just crazy how, so Utah is just very, like, c- clean. Like, that's the best way I can describe it. It just looks like kind of the, the suburbs of the United States. Okay. It, it's, it's just like, because I know in Salt Lake, it's like a whole like valley, right? Surrounded by mountains. Uh, pretty much. Um, so you have Salt Lake, um, the like the city, mm-hmm. right? With all the suburbs suburbs and stuff. And then you have downtown, which is completely different. It's mm-hmm. like a little, little piece of like the outside world, I guess you could say. Right. So... Um, what were you, what did you ask me again? Um, so like in Utah, right? You're a Utah native. Yeah. Growing up in Utah is completely different from like where you've seen like the rest of the world. The rest of the world, yeah. Compared, like, let's say for example, Atlanta compared to Salt Lake. It was like a culture shock leaving Utah for the really? first time. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, everywhere else is just super dirty. Mm. It's like people just look different. Mm-mm. You go to Utah and people look like. They haven't seen the outside world is mm-hmm. the best way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. You, I, you really wouldn't understand unless you lived in Utah or were native in Utah. Right. Because I visited Salt Lake and I remember walking around and it was really clean. Like there's no trash anywhere. Um, I didn't really see a lot of homeless people. I don't know if you guys have like a problem there. We're starting to get a pr- problem really? in uh, Salt Lake City. Mm. The homeless are starting to become... Not really an issue, but they're growing more numerous, and mm-hmm, it's just because mm-hmm. California is sending all their homeless to us. Right, right, cause right. Because they don't know what to do with them. How do they even get from California to Salt Lake? There's rumors that they're being sent in droves, like by bus. 
Really? We haven't seen it, but they, we we think that they send them in the middle of the night. Hmm. Wow, that's <laughs> actually crazy. I know. That's, that's a rumor that's going on right now. The last I don't know time, if it's real, but... Last time I went, I remember just like seeing trees like in the middle of the roads that's that was something completely new to me because we don't have that here in atlanta it's just all like gridlocked kind of well, it's like trees everywhere yeah in there's atlanta. trees <laughs> oh that's true we are the city in the forest <laughs> yeah. but like you don't you don't see like trees inside of the city like in the roads itself compared we to salt trees Lake. more for like decoration yeah yeah and that was kind of refreshing mm-hmm. like from atlanta I was yeah just like, wow contrast to atlanta yeah I guess that's that's something different too because so when you're in Utah, you definitely feel a difference in pollution too. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because we kind of sit in like a bowl. Mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. the mountains kind of like surround you, right? Mm. And then they like keep all of the inversion from like the the pollution from the cars mm-hmm. and all of that mm-hmm. in the city. <clears throat> so you can like literally feel that when you do leave Utah, like for example, here in Georgia, mm-hmm. so fresh, the air, really so different. When I was out there, the air was kind of crisp, but it was dry. Really? Yeah, for me. Is that how you felt? Yeah, that's how I felt. That's it was weird. It was really, really dry, and sometimes it was hard for me to, like, breathe. Yeah. I don't know if it was, like, the difference in altitude or... Could be the dry air, too. Yeah, dry yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, altitude, because mm-hmm. we are in the mountains, maybe. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. that's something I noticed immediately off the plane. Yeah. I'm like, wow, it smells so good out here. <laughs> like, the air is actually clean and fresh, but... And then I know with your hair, right... Your, oh, yeah. yeah, your hair usually gets frizzy every time you come here. As soon as you um, step off the plane here in Georgia, uh-huh. at least me, I feel like I'm drenched in like water, like a splash of water to the face That's like, crazy. by the air. Yeah, That's it, uh, my skin literally drinks in the air here because mm-hmm. it's so dry in Utah, like so extremely dry. My hair is always like splitting and everything like. Do you usually break out? Constantly dry. No, not really break out, but my skin is super dry and everybody's mm-hmm. has dry skin in mm-hmm. Utah. Yeah. It's just something that people live with. Mm-hmm. So you really have to keep up on your lotion and your skincare mm-hmm. in Utah mm-hmm. or else you're just going to be very ashy. Right. Right. But here in Georgia, you don't have that problem. And what do you think about Georgia so far after this is your third visit? Fourth. Fourth visit. Yeah. I really love Georgia a lot. Um, there are some scary areas, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess like everywhere there's, there's nice places mm-hmm. and then there's not so nice places mm-hmm. i guess that's everywhere you go um but i i definitely want to get a house out here mm. if i'm rich and famous someday i wouldn't mind having a house out here just to be around family it's really, where would it's you really nice. where would you want to live uh probably one of the nice areas <laughs> i heard alpharetta is good alpharetta yeah, yeah. alpharetta is not too bad alpharetta was it Duluth that's good or is Duluth that where we went to go uh, karaoke Koreatown yeah, all is that. that is that a good place I like Duluth yeah okay um there I don't know if because I know Pleasant Hill which is Koreatown which is also Duluth but then there's like downtown Duluth and then there's um Peachtree Corners I don't know if that's still Duluth they're trying to annex away from the, the city I think or, if, or is that Brookhaven I'm not too sure. And then there's Berkeley Lake, which is like more of the rich area of Duluth. I would definitely want to migrate towards the rich area mm-hmm. if I can in mm-hmm. the future. Mm-hmm. Not to sound snooty or anything, mm-hmm. but just because I'm so used to the safety that mm-hmm. Utah provides. So if I were to ever get a house anywhere, it would definitely be like something similar to what Utah right. gave me my whole life. And would you say that you kind of grew up in a comfortable home? 
Um, yeah. I mean, as far as like sheltered well, mm. yeah, mm. I would say. Um, I mean, it wasn't really an easy childhood, if that's what you're asking. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like, yeah, safety, always safe. My mm. parents were very, very strict, always kept us very under wraps. Um, but yeah, growing up was hard. I was, uh, my, my parents were constantly fighting. It created, um, a very unstable type of feeling for me as a kid. Mm. I took it very, very, um, not well, Mm -hmm. I guess. So I feel like some kids like they go, go through similar experiences, um, with their, their parents not, you know, getting along. Right. I think it affects some people differently than others because they're fighting and they're bickering and they're threatening each other to divorce all the time mm-hmm. really caused me to become really withdrawal, mm-hmm. withdrawn as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was constantly feeling very unsafe. Mm-hmm. So even though I was in a very safe space, mm-hmm. I always felt unsafe growing up. And I think it was just because of that reason. Mm-hmm. We were constantly moving back and forth between our family, like parents my parents split up and then we would live with our aunts and our uncles. Like we were always kind of moving around. So a lot of instability within the family, right. I guess you could say. Right. And do but, you have any siblings? Yeah. So I have one little sister. She's 26, I think. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> She's 27. 27? Okay. Yeah. She just had a baby last year. <clears throat> No, that was, oh. that was that was the okay. applause. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she had a baby last year, and um, I have a little brother. He is twenty-one. Oh, he's twenty-one. Yeah, he's twenty-one now. Oh wow. Twenty-one or twenty-two? I'm terrible at remembering. That's actually crazy. I thought yeah. he was older than me. No. He looks older than me. He looks so old. Yeah. He looks like a little like a uh, Viking. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He has a full a on big beard. Viking. I mean, yeah, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, dude? And he's he looks like a thirty year old. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, um, he is a huge gamer, like crypto guy, mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. all of those ventures. So he's he kind of does his own thing. Mm. My sister and I are very, 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 very close. Okay, so but, yeah. you have a closer relationship with your sister than you do with Definitely. your little brother. Love my mm. little brother, but we're. We're definitely on in different worlds, I, mm, I feel like. Mm. So. so, like, whenever you do talk to your little brother, um, is it, like, awkward at all? or? It, uh, it actually is a little awkward. I've never had anyone ask me that, but now that I think of it, yeah, it is awkward. Mm-mm-mm. Like, it's hard for me to kind of connect with him because I don't really have anything. Right. No common ground, really. Mm-hmm. Whereas with my sister, like, we tell each other everything we talk about everything so yeah with my 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 little brother it's kind of like talking to a martian Mm -hmm. i mean because for me like growing up i do have siblings but like they're all either half siblings or step siblings right yeah so it's kind of awkward for me to talk to my siblings yeah yeah Yeah. because i haven't really seen my older sister as often um i've probably only seen her three times in my whole entire life and she's older she's like mid-30s now i think and she already has three kids and then obviously I have Bryce, which right. is my stepbrother. Um, and it's not awkward talking to Bryce just because like, I feel like we kind of grew up in a similar you environment. You guys are similar yeah. too. Like your yeah. personality types mesh yeah. well. Yeah. And then I have three little brothers now. I have one baby. And obviously, you know, I'm still raising him. So it's not really awkward. Um, yeah, you're like the dad. Yeah. You've I feel been like the dad. dad. I feel like a dad every time I'm with him. But like, a playful dad 
Uh, yeah, yeah definitely a playful dad <laughs> yeah. it's like the playful uncle slash mm-hmm, dad mm-hmm. but you're the brother yeah which is i'm crazy. the brother yeah mm-hmm. and then with aiden um it is weird sometimes at at times because like, i feel like we don't really have like common ground and like the environment that we both grew up in is different than um what what we grew up with um and then my other brother i don't really see him as much anymore because he's with his mom Right. yeah so it's kind of awkward yeah 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 so i only ask because like for me it is kind of awkward talking you kind of understand yeah. like what that feels mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it is weird like looking at it though like i wonder how my sister and i were so so close i think it's easier up. because you guys were you know girls yeah. and you guys are kind of close in age almost kind of like three years apart three years apart I think. yeah yeah and then my little brother is like nine eight mm-hmm, years apart mm-hmm. from me yeah so. basically younger than me yeah yeah so it was it was difficult connecting with him but yeah i wish we were closer Mm. i'm working on trying to get closer to him Mm. so we'll see Mm -hmm. and are your parents still together they are still together yeah yeah they should (laughs) have split up i feel like like looking back um i feel like they they should have split up just because of the the turmoil it mm. caused in my little kid brain mm-hmm. like I, just, I was just so confused all the time mm. didn't affect my sister at all she didn't care mm-hmm. growing up but for me it caused so much like anxiety and like i think just because um i've told you before like i'm i'm very much like an empath yeah I've, i feel like energy in the room mm-hmm. and so when they were tensed and they were fighting i just soaked that up like a sponge right you know what i mean yeah and so um yeah i mean watching them kind of work on their marriage and stuff throughout the years i did wish that they would have just split up back then mm-hmm. they they get along really well now which oh, is so cool to they're see they're good now oh yeah mm-hmm. they're good now but i almost wish that they would have split up back then mm. which is kind of weird why is that um ju- I, again i think just because of the the mental like you know turmoil caused right. it in my brain mm. and maybe that's a selfish thing to say Mm-mm-mm. you know what i mean yeah yeah but I think maybe I would have grown up a little bit differently. Maybe I, I would have had more confidence now as an adult mm-hmm. or, or a struggling young adult. Because mm-hmm. I, I went through a lot of like issues with um, making friends in high school. Yeah. I was constantly like just so insecure. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm trying to blame that on my parents. Yeah. Like, you know, the upbringing. Maybe mm-hmm. it could have been something like your completely different. Right. I mean, maybe it wasn't even them. But like I try to rack my brain and, and try to like articulate um, what could have caused me to to be like this because I, I I was the type of kid um, growing up that would uh, go into like the bathroom stall and eat my lunch there oh, because really? I was too scared oh. to interact with people mm. like that was literally me mm-hmm. like I just couldn't connect with other people because I was just so scared right I was so like like the anxiety insecure. was just kicking in yeah. Like- like me, I, I just wouldn't talk to people. And when I talked to people, I felt like I, I looked like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like I sounded like yeah, an idiot. Yeah, yeah. So I would no, just I, rather not I interact. I completely get that. Yeah. yeah. Like hella social anxiety. Right. And so how do you think growing up in that environment shaped you to who you are as a person now? <laughs> so um, I wouldn't say that experience shaped me Mm. as a person uh, as who i am now Mm -hmm. i would say um it really started when um i had to start making money 
because mm. <laughs> my parents were like so i think i started working when i was 16 and i worked wow, at aeropostale that's really young yeah 16. i was super young oh i worked i was a seasonal worker and i was terrified let me tell you because again <sighs> i had so much social social anxiety and i was like i'm gonna have to go in there every day stand for eight hours <laughs> and talk to people and greet people and I was absolutely terrified out of my mind. Mm. I was like, there's no way. I was like, I couldn't even talk to people in high school. Mm -hmm. What makes me think that I can talk to people, you know, in a work environment? Mm -hmm. But like, you know, you're, you're forced to do that. Your management forces you to talk to people or else you're going to get fired. Yeah. So my little shy self, like I would greet people. Oh, hey, welcome to Aeropostale in my quietest voice, you know. <laughs> but slowly kind of practice, you know, that practice helped. And gradually, I started coming out of my shell. But man, um, that again, it was seasonal, so it was like three months, and then they at fired. a time. Yeah, so they fired me for the Christmas <laughs> season, and then I took a break off of work. But that was kind of like my first intro into talking to people, mm. literally, which is mm -hmm. crazy now that I think about it. But then, when I was nineteen, um, I started working at an insurance agency, okay. State Farm. Okay. Also, super terrified. Yeah. The reason why I got that job is because I spoke Spanish at the time. Oh. And so um, the agent wanted someone that was bilingual mm -hmm. and um, someone that was kind of like new and, you know, unexpected. Kind of fresh. Yeah. 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 Um, he came to my parents' house to get us signed up for insurance. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, hey, can you give her a job? <laughs> you know, she speaks Spanish. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'm looking for someone. So, yeah, it was it was kind of word of mouth, but from my mom. Okay. And, um... I just remember uh, the first day, like I had to take phone calls and stuff there. Mm -hmm. And um, it it was almost like a switch in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah, have I know you what ever, you mean. So I've, I've had that before where it's like, it's like you, you kind of get into like a, a work mode. You're like, yes. all right, like so just something clicks in your head. Like, all right, I got to I got to get this yeah. work done. Yeah. So it's like I had the shy Maya, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Who I have known my whole life. Mm hmm. And then I had work Maya mm -hmm. who had to like step it up, come out of my shell and talk to people mm. and interact with people in person, not only just over the phone, but in person mm -hmm. and be articulate and be like, you know, structure a sentence correctly, right, and not, yeah. not stutter and stuff. Yeah. And it took work. Like I remember like I would, I would shake when I talked to people, mm. like, I would, like stutter a lot. And then eventually with all this practice, I worked there for four years. Oh, wow. So it was just practicing every day how to communicate with people. And I would even watch stuff on YouTube like how do I, com how do I communicate mm. efficiently, efficiently with people mm -hmm. professionally. Mm -hmm. And so that taught me a lot. Um, and then at the beginning, I forgot to mention. So when you go into work for insurance, mm -hmm. you have to get s several life licenses. Yeah. In school. So amongst being incredibly shy painfully shy i was not the best student mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um i failed every class i've ever taken from elementary school all the way up into high school i passed high school with packets because i couldn't pass one class and so what is packets it so it's something that utah does for a failing student so say that um uh a student doesn't pass high school, mm -hmm. like literally fails all four, like, what do you call it? Semesters? Yeah. Yeah. Semesters here. Yeah. Or years of high school. Okay. Didn't pass anything. So they'll give you a packet 
basically go it's a summary of the whole year <laughs> of like every subject you should have been paying attention oh. to and then um you do a little bit of homework and then a test at the end mm -hmm. and if you pass those tests they'll give you a high school diploma basically hmm interesting yeah <clears throat> so i had to do that but um so in insurance you have to take tests in order to get your licenses yeah you have to study and take tests state um, tests federal yeah. tests. yeah so it's called property and casualty i think mm -hmm. for uh, pnc yeah 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 um, guess how many times it took me to pass that test? I'm gonna guess four times. No. More? It was seven times. Seven times? And Holy the employer, shit. Every time I failed, you could tell he was so sick of me, but like he didn't <laughs> want to get rid of me because I spoke Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> he, like, he believed in you. He believed, he in, believed in you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So, it took me seven times to pass that thing and every time I failed I would go up to him and I would give him like I would cry and mm -hmm. I'd be like, I can't believe I failed this. <laughs> But to be honest, I wasn't studying. Mm. Like I was, I was so lazy back then. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, honestly, studying for those insurance tests because I did do insurance too, but I didn't do property and casual. I did life and health insurance. I also did that one. Yeah. For and State just I remember just studying for those tests, and it was super difficult to just stay focused because it was a lot to take in. So. It was much. a lot to take in, and then you have to take those tests every two years to renew your license and so mm -hmm. i just remember like going through this and like dang i have to take this test every two years like what did you take it for did you also work in insurance yeah i did do insurance no yes way. yes yeah i did insurance with your dad yeah yeah that's right mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. right yeah yeah so when i finally passed it that was awesome no more tears <laughs> you know and then i actually focused on working on my communication skills mm -hmm. um in those four years, I never got a raise, so I was paid $11 an hour. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. And then finally, I got sick of it because, um, so let's see, I was 23, I think? 23, yeah, from 24. 19 to, and then you said for four years, right? Yeah. Yeah, so around years. like 23, 24. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for four years, my dad had been working as a stockbroker mm. at um, E-Trade okay. for a long, long time. And they were hiring people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm so sick of this insurance job. I've given four years of my life. Yes, he let me pass, you know, he gave me all those chances with those tests. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I forgot to mention, it took me like 14 times to pass the life in health. Again, I was just so unmotivated. I know if I just sat my ass down and I studied, I probably could have passed. Right. But anyway. 14 times is insane. Insane. <laughs> but he really wanted me there. And and I didn't I didn't force a raise. Right? You know, yeah. I didn't complain about a raise. You know, props to that guy for giving you <laughs> a chance. <laughs> 14 <laughs> times is crazy. Well, it's also because I didn't complain about getting a raise. Huh. Yeah. All those he was years. like, oh. Until the very end. He was like, I could take advantage of this girl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it paid off for, for him. Yeah. But um so it, it that job kinda uh prepared me for the next phase of my life. Mm -hmm. So like I said, my dad was a stockbroker. Um and E Trade was hiring like a lot of people at the time. And um because of all of my uh experience with insurance for those four years mm -hmm. I was like, what if they gave me a shot? Because mm. usually they only hire people with college degrees. Right, right, Or that right. have been in the finance yeah, like, like world. Exactly. Yeah. So it was a long shot. Mm -hmm. um, 
but my dad was like, yeah, I'll try to get you like an interview, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and then of course you have to get your licenses in order to be in finance world. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, if I could, (laughs) if I could do it, (laughs) if I could do it at my last job, I can do it with this one. After seven (laughs) and 14 tries, they're not going to give me that many times, (laughs) you know? So I promised myself, I was like, if they give me the opportunity, I'm going to, I'm going to study my little ass off Mm -hmm. and get my series seven. So, um, long story short, I went in for the interview and I had, again, I had all this practice with my previous job on how to like be professional, how to interview correctly. And I, I got it right away. I got the job right away. Wow. They like at me. that interview, they at said that interview. And this was me with like a high school diploma that I had to win with packets. Crazy. Oh, and then I forgot to mention with the packets, I paid people to do it. For <laughs> <me>. <laughs> I paid people. Work to. smarter, not harder. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So that's what it showed is like I, I passed. I only had a high school degree. Mm hmm. And they usually, they only accepted people that had college degrees. Mm -hmm. So I was shooketh. My family was shooketh. And um, then, you know, came the time I was training and everything. And um, they put you in this little class, right? Where you're expected at the end to uh, take the Series 7 test. Okay. Um, So they kind of train you for a little bit, but you have to do most of the work at home and Mm. study and everything. So... I'm studying for eight hours a day at work and then I go home and I'm studying for another like four to five to six hours at home. That's a lot of studying. I actually sat my ass down and I was like, I'm going to do this. That's crazy. It was weird. Like I felt this like passion in my soul, like something like just lit you up. It did. I was like, you know what? I'm, I want to be like successful. Mm. I want to be in the finance world. Mm. Like, I don't know why I had that passion back Mm -hmm, then. mm -hmm. I was like, I want to have that title. Of you don't think broker. it was like money, like the money that kind of motivated you? It was money, but it was also I wanted to prove to myself that I could do hard things. Mm, okay. I remember like the money was a factor, but it was mostly like I want to prove to myself that I can I can make it. Right. Like you wanted to be better for yourself. Yeah, I didn't want to be this shy person anymore. Mm. I wanted to be someone who had a, a, a fiery like soul, a fiery outlook on life. Mm hmm someone who had that confidence you know right in every facet of my life yeah finances but also just within my being you Mm, know mm -hmm. and i felt like this was the opportunity so um i studied every day like that eight hours at work you know because they're training you at work Mm -hmm. but then an additional like five to six hours at home Mm -hmm. and i was exhausted to the point where i burned out i think it was like six weeks of that nonstop. Six weeks. Had my nose in those packets. For someone who didn't study like that, six weeks is is a lot. I never ever put myself through something like that. Ever in my life. Hmm. Never buckled down and studied. That's why I didn't pass any class I've ever taken. Yeah. So um yeah, studied my ass off. And then when I took the test, um, the series seven, Mm -hmm. I passed it the first time. And I remember when like I clicked the next screen. Have you ever been to a testing room? I have been to okay. a testing room. Yeah. You know how nerve wracking that next screen is. Yes. When you're like when ready you click, to tally yeah, up the. Yep. 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 It's like, do you want to review before you submit your test? My soul left my body. <laughs> Let me tell you. When I clicked that next next screen and I saw the loading screen, you know, I was like, "There's no way I passed this thing. Mm-hmm. There's no way." 
but then I saw that it was the percentage came up and it said 72. Hell and yeah. I, I, I remember just, <laughs> so I sat there for a minute staring at the screen <clears throat> and then I just started bawling, bawling <laughs> at the testing center, <laughs> at the testing center. So I'm like bawling, walking out with my little painter, you know, <laughs> I had to walk around. So we took it at a college. Mm. So they had the testing center at a college. Mm-hmm. I remember taking a walk several times around the building, just bawling because I couldn't believe that I did it. Right. I couldn't believe it. And so, <clears throat> yeah, that, that, I feel like that moment in my life is what really, really shaped or really, really what is what formed who I am today mm. is like, I proved to myself then and there that I could do hard things. Mm. I could be smart. I could be eloquent and I could communicate with people and be pro- um, professional. Mm-hmm. You know, I could make a name for myself and I could have the prestige. I didn't have to be this quiet person that hid in bed all day. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was pretty profound. That was a profound moment in my life. I, mm. I think that's who shaped me to who I am today. Me talking to you how I am right now. Mm hmm. You would have never seen that from Maya 10 years ago. You never, 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 never. Mm. I was a completely different person mm-hmm. in my early 20s. Yeah, because like when I did first meet you, you're pretty shy. I was shy even back then. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. was like five years ago. Five years ago, yeah. I think. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> also, I forgot to mention, I think another thing that shaped me was my husband, mm. honestly. Mm-hmm. So. I still had that shell a little bit on, right? Mm-hmm. Even with all my years in customer service, but that shell was still on. I, I still had a lot of trauma. I was an idiot in the dating world, right? <laughs> and uh, a lot of boys broke my heart, but... The dating world is scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. And uh, it wrecked me. It wrecked me. I put myself through it, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, brain my sh- self, w- brainwashed myself with uh, a lot of stupid stupid things right you know? right so you put yourself through that like you wanted to experience dating okay yeah like i um so you know how disney promises you the fairy tale like yeah. type situation mm-hmm. i expected that out mm. of everyone that i i dated mm. right i expected that that feeling from every everybody but it just turned out to be a lot of like you know a lot um, of bullshit a lot of bullshit yeah. yeah a lot of uh um failed expectations Mm, i guess mm, mm. um a lot of just um what would you say i guess friends with benefits type situations Mm. that never went anywhere right and and in the end i thought i deserved that i was Mm -hmm. like you know what it's probably because i'm shy i'm boring i'm not this bubbly like outgoing girl Mm -hmm. like i guess it's just gonna be me for the rest of my life i'm just gonna you know be that side chick Mm -hmm. and i was fine with that Mm. so but then I met Bryce mm-hmm. and then he complete he taught me that that's not the case. Like you don't have to be this girl. That's just the side chick. Mm-hmm. That's just the girl that you see at night. Right. You know, like he taught me that I was actually like worth being wife material and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And again, a, a lot of that stemmed from insecurities too. Mm-hmm. So it, it spilled over. He's into the my one who life. showed you that the princess life is the real life. Amen. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. I called him um, Superman, <laughs> you know, because his last name was Kent. Yeah. I did. I mean, he definitely looked like Superman he back did. then. Yeah. Like a, a Chin- an Asian Superman. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. now look at him. He's fat. 
<laughs> He's still handsome. Yeah, I say that with love. <laughs> a lot of love. A lot of he love. He just ex- of. has extra love. Now, extra love, yeah. <laughs> a lot of love on his body for sure. <laughs> exactly. He's showing it. <laughs> yeah, no, he sh- he shaped me a ton. Mm. I think that's why you saw a shy person mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. even like a couple years ago. He he took me completely out of my shell. Mm-hmm. So. It's about finding the right person too. So yeah, yeah. it's it's a success you find in your life, and then picking the right partner. Mm. I think is what shaped me mm-hmm. a lot. So, so when when you did meet Bryce, right? Like, did did you know what you wanted in a guy, or I thought I knew what I wanted. Yeah, mm. I had this whole list, mm. and then I was dating the complete opposite of what I had on my list Mm -hmm. and um I wish I could remember what the list said you actually wrote it down yeah I did oh wow I literally had a man list (laughs) I put it on my vision board okay and then I remember I do remember on my vision vision board have you have you ever seen the lord of the rings no I actually haven't seen it okay well there's this character in the lord of the rings his name is Aragorn okay he is the hero of the whole story basically Okay. okay he was like the definition of the man that I wanted in my mm. life. So what he stood for was the ultimate type of masculine man. Mm-hmm. So very stoic, very um, organized, put together, just. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he believes in love and um, just everything good. Mm-hmm. You know, er- anything you, you can think of uh, that a good man should have as a quality, Aragorn has. So I, I wrote all of that. Okay. And then I remember at the top of my list, he had to be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> sexy. Yeah, that was literally on there. <laughs> number one thing, sexy, sexy. Number one. Number two, good hygiene. Okay. So if he wasn't sexy, you're off the list. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the rest were all the other qualities mm-hmm. that I listed. Mm-hmm. Oh, and ambitious. Okay. I think everybody put that puts that on their list too. But. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to date an ambitious person? Exactly. Yeah. So I was dating all these guys. And I actually, I was dating this one guy who um, ditched me and went to Baltimore without telling me. We were actually like on and off for two years. Okay. He ditched me, deleted me off of social media, moved to Baltimore. And then I met Bryce. And I was like, man, you know, I still have feelings for this guy that Mm -hmm. totally ditched me for some reason. Yeah. Fuck that guy. I know. (laughs) And um, so it was funny because... When I met Bryce, I was like, you know, he's such a nice guy, but, you know, this other guy, man, should I wait for him? Mm. And then he ends up reaching out to me. Hey, I'm sorry I deleted you on everything. I'm going through a lot. My grandpa died. And I was like, whatever. Yeah, you should let that person know. mm -hmm. Like, if that person is in your life, exactly. you should definitely let them know as soon as possible. You would think. Right. But I was just a side chick again. Mm -hmm. I was just that for him, Mm -hmm. which I understand now, but... I was hoping for something more, right? Mm-hmm. But um, so he he reaches out to me and he's like, hey, basically he tells me, long story short, you know, that happened. My grandpa died, but mm-hmm. I would like for you to wait for me. He's like, I, I, might, but I might be out here for a year, though. If we can do long distance, that would be great, is basically what he said. What the fuck? And I was like, my dumbass was like, I really like this guy. Maybe I should wait. But then I was mm-hmm, like, you know mm-hmm. what? I deserve better. And yeah. so Bryce invited me to go to Arizona with him. Mm. And I went to Arizona with him. And I ended up deleting that guy and, and blocking him. Because I was like, 
Bryce is everything on my man list. Yep, yep, yep. Everything. Number one, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good hygiene. <laughs> and then the rest of it was great too. But um, yeah, it was weird like that he happened to pop out at that moment mm. when I was so in love with that guy. Right. So. Do you think that you meeting Bryce at that time was kind of um, like meant to be meant, meant to, to be happen. absolutely mm. i think it was definitely meant to be because i was spiraling hardcore mm. spiraling mm-hmm. when i was dating um because i not only was i dating that guy i right. was also dating a bunch of other other guys mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. you know just trying to <clears throat> live that that uh not that whole life but the, <laughs> i was gonna you say know whole I mean? life yeah, yeah i was gonna say <laughs> you know the how whole girls, life they want to the, the bad they the want to live the experience yeah, yeah the bad bitch yeah, phase yeah yeah they want to put that title on was well, that is that even a phase being a bad bitch they say it is cuz you know like if you're married aren't you a bad bitch but you're a bad bitch for one person only mhm mm. i'm the yeah i'm only a bad bitch for Bryce yeah 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 like why wouldn't you only want to be a bad bitch for one person right i just feel like I experienced all that mm-hmm. and it's not it, mm. not it. Mm. It just, it, again, like it makes you spiral mm-hmm. when you have all of these people like on the back burner, when you're, you have all of these people that are like, what do you, what would you call them? Situationships. Yeah. Situationships. It, dude, if you already have a fragile mind like I did, mm-hmm. that's one great way to make your, fra- your fragile mind even more fragile. Mm. Like, it'll break you. Yeah. And plus, like, taking advantage of people like that, you're just going to fuck it up for the next person. And then it creates the spiral. And that's what yeah. we're seeing today in yeah. the dating scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely contributed to that messy culture that we see today. Hey, hey, but now you found someone that <sighs> you absolutely someone, love. And now I advocate and for being in a healthy relationship, mm-hmm. monogamous relationship, mm-hmm. marriage. Mm. And waiting for that because it's worth it when you find the right person. Right. And so, um, you know, transitioning, you being <laughs> a tattoo artist, right? Like, do you do you meet clients that also kind of come to you as a therapist in a way? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> being a tattoo artist is interesting because mm. you are creating so i feel like the pain kind of brings out the emotions of the people Mm. it's weird Mm. so like people will start to spill things to you that i feel like they wouldn't spill otherwise if they weren't sitting in a pain in a chair you know Mm -hmm. getting for like a long long period of time just Mm -hmm. constantly being getting drilled yeah Yeah, yeah. basically yeah no people have spilled some really personal stories Mm. and then yeah a lot of therapy work has been done on my part <laughs> for people sitting in my chair. Um, it's funny how that happens, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I feel like that doesn't really happen with other types of fields like that. So like for hairdresser, I, I, I'm sure. I feel like... Y- they talk about that Yeah, stuff. yeah, but not as like... Not as in depth. Uh, yeah, in depth because... And I think it's just the hours you're mm-hmm. sitting there. Mm-hmm. Like you're there six to eight hours sometimes right. tattooing someone. Mm-hmm. Like you have, you have nothing else to do except to talk, mm. you know, and people will spill their deepest, darkest se- mm. secrets to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there was some, my, my mentor, um, who taught me how to tattoo 
for the, some of it because a lot of it I, I'm self-taught. Okay. So I apprenticed for six months. Hmm. So before that, I was self-taught. Apprenticed for six months. Um, and then my mentor, <clears throat> who was a total asshole, by the way. <laughs> That's why I'm not an apprentice anymore. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but um, he told me the story where he had a lady come in and he was tattooing her. She walked in with her husband. Mm-hmm. And they were acting all lovey-dovey, holding hands and everything. And he had to go to work. So he left her there to get tattooed. And then she just starts to talk all this shit on her husband. Oh, no. As soon as he (laughs) leaves. So much shit. And then she has the audacity to have a visitor come in. Oh, no. To watch her get tattooed. Not a side. (laughs) Not a side piece. It was her side piece. And he stayed for the remainder of the tattoo. Oh, my God. Yeah. Almost immediately after her husband left. What the fuck? And that was a common thing that you would see. Really? And then they proceeded to tell him about their relationship and everything. And she was like, hey, please don't tell my husband. That is so (laughs) crazy. That's the kind of things you see. What the fuck for real? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are crazy that get tattoos. And so, like, would you say (laughs) that people have had similar experiences to you um, growing up and, like, experiencing what you experience when people sit in the seat oh yeah like bad childhoods Mm -mm. yeah i think a majority do Mm. um i think everybody has had a rough childhood honestly Mm -hmm. thank you of everyone that's been in my chair and who who has kind of spilled you know their stories to me Mm -hmm. i can't remember like one person who has told me that they've had a a nice childhood Hmm. you know right they always have like a story to tell about how their childhood was rough and like they grew up in difficult situations and then it affected their adulthood mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and then me as a therapist, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I'm a therapist. Tattoo but I would just, artist slash therapist. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the best kind of therapy is just to have someone listen to you. So mm-hmm. I would just listen, give a little bit of insight, mm. kind of tell my life story too. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like a back and forth type thing with people. Mm-hmm. But it really, I could see um, at the end of the session, sometimes people just felt, looked so much lighter when they left. Mm. That's why a lot of people get tattoos mm-hmm. that have had difficult lives. Um, I think it, it, it is a type of therapy, you know, right. getting, getting, you know, kind of hurt and then um, spilling your story and then having something to show mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. I think it is a type of therapy. Wow. I've never really thought said. about it that way. A lot of people say that, like, that's why they get tattoos mm. is because it is a type of therapy for them. And mm. then it becomes addicting. Right. And it's know? like a, it's like a art that they can show off like on their body. Exactly. Because their whole body is a canvas. Right. Mm. Yeah. It's, it, I think, um, some of it stems from insecurity too. Mm-hmm. So like someone could come in super insecure about their body or like something that they're going through. And then when they get the tattoo they want, they look so much more confident. Hmm. It's interesting. Hmm. Like they, they're so much more okay with their body. They're so much more okay with what happened to them in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely is therapeutic for, for some It's people. like they, they come in and they get that, you know, like something to show for what they went through. Exactly. Almost. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Interesting. It's a way to, to help their pain. Right. And yeah. what made you want to become a tattoo artist? So, um, I think it was 11 when I started watching Miami Inc. Okay. <laughs> LA Inc., Miami Inc., those mm-hmm. shows. And then um, Kat Von D was such a bad bitch. Kat I was Von like, D. 
man i want to be her <laughs> when i was a shy little kid i was like that's who i want to be that's shy who i want to emulate 11 year old maya yeah <laughs> that's who i want to emulate because she was so confident she mm-hmm. was so outgoing and she was so talented and back then like all i did was draw mm. like all i did was sit in my room have no friends but i would draw all the time mm. so she really became a role model for me and then when i would watch watch those shows i felt this like fiery passion i was like that's what i want to do f- for my the rest of my life mm-hmm. that's what i want to do when i grow up right you know um so i remember uh making it a point in my life to get really good at drawing so that when the opportunity arose i could go and try to apprentice at, at a shop when i became old enough mm-hmm. um and then i went into finance <laughs> <laughs> finance was the precursor (laughs) to your tattoo artist career so the reason why i never um actually followed through with an apprenticeship when i did become of age was because of all of the horror stories that i heard about apprenticing so i don't know if i've never heard of industry okay mm -mm, i don't know anything about the industry so the old school shop mentality is that if you have the opportunity to apprentice you will be hazed you will be uh, downtrodden you will be berated you will be belittled um all of this shit right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's a rite of passage Mm. like you don't just does you don't just get to tattoo right like you have to earn it you have to go through the pain Mm -hmm. you know almost like you have to be tattooed yourself yeah Yeah, exactly you know it's like that rock old head mentality yeah. like you know biker mm-hmm. type shit yeah yeah and i i fucking hated that mm. you don't um, want to go through that mm-mm. like i i wasn't about that like mm-hmm. I, here i am this girly girl right? yeah <laughs> i don't want to immerse myself in that i didn't mm. want to be abused mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll do that they'll treat girls like that that's crazy care. does it still happen to this day oh absolutely that's wow. why i left mine mm. it wasn't as bad right. as other shops but they definitely I'm not all about, like, the victim mentality, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. I don't like when women are, like, they use, like, misogyny as a a card, right, to Mm -hmm. pull. But they were were actually misogynists. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, they definitely treated women different. Um, And then, yeah, in the industry, like, they they treat apprentices, no matter what, horribly. If you're a dude, you'll be treated way better than if you're a chick trying to get into the industry in an old school shop. Okay. So, um, yeah, you will, you will definitely be made fun of. You'll be, um, you know, just belittled and like, you'll be made fun of and you'll be made to do extreme things. Some women go through sexual harassment in a shop and, and they, they are told that they're lucky to be there. So they shouldn't complain, all of this this shit you know mm-hmm. and so i i luckily didn't have to go through any of the sexual harassment they they weren't like that the place that i was at thank goodness but um yeah you'll see a lot of that in the industry so i never went t- for it because i was like i don't want to go through that mm-hmm. everybody that i had talked to who was a pr- an apprentice before went through that i'm not going to put myself through that there's no way i could handle that i can barely ha- handle talking to people yeah you know? yeah so um never never truly truly went for it although i had opportunities um because there was several shops i remember going to where i would show my portfolio and they were like we would love to have you but just know we're gonna treat you like shit so they they just told you straight up they were straight up about it 
and I was like, hell no, <gasps> no thanks. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was like a thing in yeah. tattoo shops. Yeah, it's 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 definitely becoming a thing of the past. Okay. So that old school mentality is definitely going down the drain. Mm. I think just because with a lot of these progressive movements starting to infiltrate our society mm-hmm. it definitely is starting to spill over into the tattoo community which mm-hmm. is actually a good thing mm-hmm. because they're kind of starting to nip that stuff in the bud yeah. so you're starting to see a lot of those old school shops a lot of these biker shops with that type of mentality start to kind of go down mm-hmm. the drain mm-hmm. you know um they're having trouble getting people to come and get tattoos there because there are so many people now opening their own shops mm. like you have so many of these people who do like PMU girls who are starting to do like tiny tats. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. I've seen, I've seen permanent those. makeup artists yeah. that, mm-hmm. that are doing these little tats tattoos mm-hmm. and they're opening these little like shops that have pink everywhere. Yeah. And you know, it's very opening and inviting and girly and, and a lot of girls like that. A lot mm-hmm. of girls like going to that environment rather than going to a shop that's blaring, you know, um, scream or rock and roll yeah, all yeah, day yep it's intimidating it as is fuck. Intimidating. and then you see those people there that work there and mm-hmm. they also are very intimidating mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. to sound rude but they just are i mean and the way yeah. that they act is intimidating yeah yeah Whereas, just off as like first glance like when you see someone it's just like they look intimidating well, it is what to it go is to that shop. Yeah. exactly yeah um whereas you have a lot of other people and a lot of people that have done um an official i guess you could say apprenticeship they're starting to move away from that old school mentality and they're opening their their own shops too. And they're, Mm. they're creating these amazing environments where it's just you and the client rather than being in this big intimidating shops, just Mm -hmm. you and the client. And you have this incredible, incredibly like personal experience, you know, Mm -hmm. in a, in a setting where it's not intimidating. It's just you and your tattoo artists. And that movement is growing huge. Mm. A lot of, tattoo artists are starting to move towards that type of thing now um so thankfully i'm very happy that the tattoo industry is changing into something like that rather than what it's been for a long long time right so it's good things are happening yeah yeah for sure for sure and i definitely noticed in atlanta that there's a lot more small shops opening up for, really yeah have you for, noticed it here i have noticed it here yeah so okay. a lot of people um what they would do is like they kind of went the similar route you did they would take an apprenticeship and then i don't know if they followed through with their apprenticeship or not but most of the time a majority of the time they would either work from home or they would find a tattoo shop that they kind of liked working at the environment that they enjoyed being in and then from there like they would just bring their clients to that shop yeah Yeah. a lot of people are becoming way more picky with how they're treated Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah um my apprenticeship um the reason why i left was um so when i first started you know i showed them my portfolio they liked my work they actually were looking for two years to find someone to onboard two years they didn't want to apprentice anyone wow um but they they had a, such a hard time bringing someone to bring into this no drama environment is what they said. Mm, okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> usually those types of environments are drama. Hey, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Yep. And so um, they, they liked me because I'm a very chill laid back woman, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and I think the boss could see that he definitely could see that. 
And um, after his two year search, he's like, you know, fine, I'll take an apprentice. You know, like if I can't find an artist, I'll create my own Mm. is what he basically Mm. said. Okay. So had the interview with him. It was an intimidating as fuck. (laughs) He basically said, um, you know, at my shop, we do things a little different. Like you won't experience any hazing here. Uh, we'll treat you with respect, but just know that um, we're very blunt. We're going to tell you how it is. We'll call you out, you know, and I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with uh, bluntness. Like, that's what you sign up for. Exactly. Is to like... I, I like constructive yeah. criticism. I can handle someone being blunt, mm-hmm. you know, what I not what I'm not going to tolerate is disrespect. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so with that promise, I was like, hey, well, at least I'm going to be treated well here. Mm-hmm. At least I'm going to be treated with res- respect. And I'm not going to be like the typical apprentice who's going to be, you know, belittled, yeah. you know, and Basically just treated a like a dog. Yeah. yeah. Like the shop bitch. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to be that. Mm. So <clears throat> anyway, so uh, after his interview, I interviewed with the whole shop then. So he called me back for another day and he was like, you, you basically got the position. He was like, but I just need to have everybody else meet you, too. And that's that was an intimidating, that, oh my god! That gosh. sounds intimidating. It a was whole so, ass shop mm-hmm. interview? What? So it was a shop of, uh, so the owner, um, and then he had like his uh, like manager, I guess you could say. Okay. So it, he would become my second mentor. Mm. So I had my first mentor, mm-hmm. second mentor. And then there was three other people. Okay. And um, the other three people were freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. They really were. But man, my two mentors. (laughs) So let me tell you. So I started, right? Passed the interview with the other shop members. And then um, I'll I'll call him mentor two. Okay. (laughs) He, after he interviewed me, he was like, I just want you to know. He's like, I'm a shark and I can smell blood. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, He's like, I'm a shark. He's like, so don't bleed in the water. Okay. And basically, he, that means that you can't show any weakness yeah, or any yeah, fear. Yeah. He's like, because or he'll just he'll come, he'll come, he'll eat you up. Yeah, exactly. Up. Yeah. Is what he he was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> I'm a shark. You know, I laughed because I was like, hey, you know, that's funny. Ha ha. Yeah, you're trying to intimidate me. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're trying to intimidate me. Okay. <laughs> And, um, but they also, he also said, he was like, you know, we won't, we won't yell at ya, you know, we'll, we'll treat you with respect as long as you treat us with respect. And I was like, cool, this is going to be a cool environment. You know, it's going to be hard as fuck. Cause they promised it would be hard. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. I've done hard things. Yeah. Cause you know? you've already went through it. Exactly. Yeah. So I was ment- mentally preparing myself for, you know, long hours. I was going to be there all the time i was going to be drawing a lot i was going to be practicing a lot i was going to be taking phone calls greeting people like cleaning the shop like cleaning up after my mentors Mm. and cleaning up after everybody else honestly Mm -hmm. and um manning the shop and just maintaining everything that was my job Mm. so um i knew all of that up front and i was willing to do that Mm -hmm. and i did do that right very well i don't think i've ever worked as hard as i did well, the, at well, I did working the six months there. I don't think I've ever pushed myself so hard as far as like laborious work goes. Right. Um, it was cool to see how hard I could push myself in that way. I didn't know my body could take so much. That so that sounds like a lot of work. It was like yeah. so. This is what my days looked like. So every day I would go in, 
at 10 10 Mm a.m and i was always there 15 minutes early so 10 a.m was the time i was supposed to be there but i was always there 15 minutes early just to look like a good noodle yeah you know just Just to to be good yeah just to prove yourself that you're a good worker i'm going above and beyond here you know what i mean so i show up effort (laughs) exactly so i would show up you know 15 minutes early every day I'd start my day by opening up the shop. So that meant turning on all the TVs, making sure the shop was clean, opening the doors, um, getting everything ready for the day for mm-hmm. everybody. So that meant setting up stations. So, and that, that was like a 15 to 20 minute job every okay. time. But let me tell you, if I mess something up, if I didn't set up a station right, mentor number two, oh my goodness, he towards the end so at the beginning he was a little understanding right because i was new mm-hmm. but towards the end he became the biggest fucking asshole <laughs> can i swear on this yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, i mean okay. we've already been doing it it doesn't so, really matter and i'll get to that mm-hmm. but so that was my job is to help set up the stations get everything prepared for their tattoos for the day um and then throughout the day i would either be at the front drawing if i didn't have an appointment um because i would tattoo people mm-hmm. for walk-ins right that was my job mm-hmm. i would take in walk-ins okay so if i wasn't um drawing up at the front i was either tattooing people or i was answering the phone um or attending people to people that would walk in answering questions um get being if i was called by anybody in the back um, while they were tattooing, I was to attend to people. Mm. I was just to make sure that everything ran smoothly throughout the day for everybody. Right. That was my job. You're Constantly. basically like the backbone. Exactly. Yeah. So I was, I managed everything for them. Um, and the days turned out to be very long every day. So I was there about 10 to 12 hours, depending. So the shop, <clears throat> shop uh, closed at 7 p.m. Okay. I was usually there to like nine sometimes 10 if depending on the day i was lucky to get off on time Uh like i was that was a lucky day for me it was either like nine or ten is it because of like some clients are just there getting their finishing up their tattoos um yeah so like my job also was to stay so if past closing time if another artist was still working oh okay i was to stay Mm. so and clean up after them Mm. so um and then i was still learning so i it would take me a long time to finish up a tattoo for myself Mm -hmm. sometimes i would have like five six hour long day depending on the tattoo Mm -hmm. and then at the end of my shift or at the end of the tattoo i'd have to clean up my station and set up my station Mm. and then clean up everybody else's stations too okay and that's that took me a long time because again I had to be meticulous when I cleaned. It's it's like a you have to disinfect everything in a certain way, and if it's do- not done a certain way, you get yelled at. So, um, let's say like I do something out of order. So like I wipe down the trash can first rather than wipe down the chair first. Mm-hmm. If I did the trash can first, I would get yelled at. <laughs> and what the fuck? Yeah. So like you have to be careful with everything that you do. And you have to remember to do everything correctly because it could it tur- it could turn into like a, a circumstance where right. it's like a cross contamination. Co- there you go, cross contamination. Okay. So you do have to do everything correctly. Mm-mm. 
But man, let me tell you, I was so like anxious all the time, all the time. Like I was worried that I was going to miss a step. Did you not get any help at all? Like closing from the other Hell tattoo? Hell no. They literally just like, oh, we got an apprentice doing this for us. Like Basically. Wow. Yeah. So, th- th- well, scratch that. There were some days where they were going to stay late. Like mm. I'm talking to like 11 or 12 and Holy they'd be shit. like, okay, you can go. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to be here li- late. Mm-hmm. That was a rare occasion mm-hmm. though. So for the most part, if someone was staying, I was staying. Okay. Um, so again, my job was to clean up after everybody. And then after I cleaned up the stations, I would have to clean up the shop. And that took a long time. Like that would take me about 30 minutes. Right. And then my mentor, number one mm-hmm. owner of the shop, he had OCD, like legitimate OCD. <laughs> so if anything was out of place, this is why it took me so long mm-hmm. to close down the shop every night is because if anything was out of place and he saw it in the morning, if he got there before me in the morning and he saw that say like a business card was out of place. Oh my God. I would get like reamed for it. What the I'd, fuck? Yeah. He would sit me down and he'd be like, so are you taking this seriously? A business card He's like, out of place. He, he would literally sit me down and he'd be like, Listen, Maya, we have a different standard here. <laughs> it's like, I am OCD and blah, blah, blah. Um, I can't, I can't have my shop looking, you know, out of place. And this shop was spick and span clean, mm-hmm. let me tell you, mm-hmm. which is a cool thing about like our shop. It really was clean and it did, it was held to a different standard. Mm-hmm. But to be that anal about everything right, like caused just so what? much anxiety. It yeah. was horrible. Yeah, that's that's going a little bit too overboard. And what's what's what sucks too is like when I would do something like that, like say I didn't um, put enough cups up on the uh, water machine for right. people, mm-hmm. and I would get reamed at for it, he would berate me in front of clients whether it was my clients mm. or clients around the shop. Mm. And that was hella embarrassing. I was like, I thought I was supposed to be respected. Here. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. So that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff started happening more, more often mm. as the apprenticeship started progressing. As he got more comfortable. Though, exactly. Yeah. That stuff started ramping up and I was like, okay, hey, I understand this stuff more towards the beginning because I did get a lot of that at the beginning. But then when it started to progress and they started to get more and more nasty, I was mm-hmm. like, what is happening? I thought this was supposed to be getting better. Mm-hmm. As I'm improving, my skills are improving and you know i'm doing more for the shop mm-hmm. why then am, am i why am i taking all this yeah, shit why, why am i getting even more shit right and like the reaming got worse mm. not only just from uh the owner but from oh mentor number two, mentor number two. he started getting so freaking just vile and he always was vile like he had he has a nasty personality towards everyone right but um Towards the end of my apprenticeship. So that's what I dealt with every day. That's kind of the gist of it. I dealt with like them being, you know, prissy bitches mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. Being so meticulous about everything. But really towards the end, um, mentor number two, he liked to bring a lot of stress home, uh, to to the shop. Mm. So he was trying to buy like a house or something. In a no drama free zone. Yeah. Oh, she was the most dramatic person ever. He and and mentor number one, they were constantly getting into hissy fights together. (laughs) Seriously. 
What the first couple weeks into my apprenticeship, they almost got into a, a fighting match. Oh, what the fuck! Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they almost set up a whole yeah. ass match to just. And the reason because of uh the reason for the fight was because uh owner told mentor number two that his tattoos were half assed, <laughs> and mentor number two blew up and he was like shaking. He was like that joke went too far he was like i'm gonna fucking hit you i'm gonna (laughs) fucking hit you so hard it was ridiculous i was like my second weekend i was like what did i get myself (laughs) so that's just their and their egos oh my gosh the egos yeah yeah i feel like that's a common thing in like all salons not even just like tattoo shops or tattoo studios but just like any nail salon any beauty salon any tattoo studio just any creative environment yeah. where a bunch of creatives just meet up, it's just yeah. a lot of ego clash. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. I don't know why that is. It's like all these creatives get together and they all want to one-up each other. Yeah. I don't understand that. And like the the shop claimed that they wanted to have this like, you know, community Safe type environment. thing. Yeah. But instead they were all like fighting each other mm-hmm. and stuff. So mm-hmm. anyway, it was stupid. So <clears throat> towards the end of my apprenticeship, I was exhausted every single day. I bet. Like, I was trying to be the most perfect little apprentice ever. Mm -hmm. And I was dealing with shit, shit that I didn't agree to deal with at the beginning. But Mm. I was doing it because this was my dream. Right. I told myself this this has been my dream since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to push past this. I can do hard things. I can put up with these people. You know, my apprenticeship probably isn't going to be that much longer, you know. They, they even they, specify? They didn't give me they an didn't end specify? Date. Yeah, wow. they didn't give me an end time. Um, one of the mentor number two said that I'm doing well enough. I'm going to graduate this year. Mm-hmm. But the other mentor was like, mm, Still need some more time. He needed more time. He needed more work out of mm, me. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, <clears throat> towards the end, mentor number two, he... Um, was stressed out because he was trying to buy a house that's i guess what was going on Mm -hmm. and he was a nasty asshole if he didn't have his weed in the morning (laughs) and that some days i could tell when he didn't smoke because he would unleash at me Mm. so um i'm trying to think what did he get mad at me for that one time it was actually quite a few times but i'm trying to tell like a story that would be interesting um so Toward, oh, okay, so what really drove me to leave one of his blow-ups? So he um, told me after I had just got done cleaning up everybody's station. This is like a 30-minute job mm-hmm. every time okay. because I'm trying to be meticulous. Yeah. Right? I take my time. Right. And it's not because I'm being lazy. Mm-hmm. It's because I don't want to get yelled at. So <clears throat> I just get done finishing up um, my coworker station. And um, he was like, hey, can you break my station down? Which means to clean up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, sure. And um, this man didn't mention that he needed to leave quickly. He didn't mention anything about that. He's claimed to have said that, but Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't hear it. Right. He he just kind of gave me that instruction like he flung it at me. Hey, clean up my station. You know, (laughs) can you can you break me down? I was like, sure. Yeah, I'll get to it. I'm not even joking when I tell you I took a two minute break. To go back to my desk to tell Bryce I was going to be late mm-hmm. coming home mm-hmm. because I had to clean up his station. Right. And it was at the end of the night already. 
um, <clears throat> apparently he had to go to like a con- a tattoo convention um, that night, which is weird. That's kind of weird. Yeah, and at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I go back to my desk for two minutes to to eat something really quick mm-hmm. and to text my husband that I was going to be late. And um, I go back to the floor to clean up his station and someone walks in the door and this is like at 6 55 p.m okay, okay. so i was like shit okay i have to go attend to them because that's my job mm-hmm, yeah so i walk back to the front attend to the people and they're like hey it's a little too late i can't i can't you know mm-hmm. give you a walk-in or i can't tattoo you because it's it's too late you yeah. can try coming back tomorrow it was like a five minute conversation because we went over what they wanted and everything i go back out to the floor after i'm done talking with them and um mentor number two is cleaning up his station in a huff like he is so angry so i go up to them him and i'm like hey i'm so sorry like i had to talk to those people is there anything is there anything i can do to help you break down at this point Mm -hmm. he was like he was like no you can just go fucking sit up where you usually do he was like just go up to the front he was like, and, and do nothing like you always do. He's like, you need to stop being so fucking lazy. Wow. He's like, I'm not going to wait an hour for you to break me down. He was like, um, you need to start stepping it up. Mm. And I was like, you're kidding me. I was like, <laughs> he, he literally told me to my face that I'm being lazy. Yeah. When I'm there 15 minutes early every day, working all day long right. for free, mind yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. For free. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Leave every night late, an hour mm-hmm, late mm-hmm. every night. And not even complain. No complaining. I yeah. never complained. And and um, he proceeds to call me lazy and is swearing at me and, and uh, in front of clients too. There's That's clients crazy. there still. And this lady, she looks at me all wide-eyed from across the room <laughs> that my mentor is tattooing. <laughs> and I just look at her and I can feel my eyes like uh start to tear and mm-hmm. my throat tightening up mm-hmm. oh and and i forgot to mention i'm not allowed to cry so they told me they that said you're not allowed to cry mm-hmm, they said that if i cried i'd be fired oh because he's a shark yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. okay well the owner said that yeah, too yeah, yeah, yeah. i wasn't allowed to cry mm. he was like because they don't allow softness in the shop that's insane yeah yeah, so, what, so no did tears, they allow no crying. tears for the customers there or the clients there? Yeah, the clients are okay, allowed okay, to cry. But not the not artists. The apprentice. Oh, what the fuck, so, dude? <laughs> I wasn't allowed to cry, wasn't allowed to complain, wasn't allowed to contest. Um, I was literally told before. Because one time when uh, mentor number two, he got out at me for another time. Mm-hmm. Something similar. Mm-hmm. And then um, I respectfully was like, you never told me to do this because he was getting at me for something that he didn't tell me to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, you never told me to do that. I got in trouble for that. I almost got fired for, for saying that. For talking back. Yeah. Owner number one came up to me and he was like, um, I just want you to know that we have the power to <sighs> fire you, to get rid of you. He was like, so next time, hold your tongue. That's crazy. He was like, he was like, sit down. Hold your tongue and do what you're told. Wow. And I was like, again, like the whole time I was like, ah, you can do hard things. You can do hard things, right? Yeah, but like being treated less I than know. human is just... Exactly. That's just like... And it was kind of, honestly, it was like brainwashing in a way mm-hmm. because they kept telling you, they keep telling you as an apprentice that you should be so grateful that you actually landed an apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. 
which is really hard to do. It really is. It's so hard to get an apprenticeship nowadays because tattoo artists don't want to teach anyone yeah. now, you know, because yeah. it's such a saturated industry. They right. don't want to teach anyone new and it takes a lot of time. Um, but yeah, they, they really do treat you like a dog. I mean, for tattoo artists, like you would want to have an apprenticeship because like if you're if you're doing an art form, right, and you want people to also contribute to that art form too, you would want to pass along the knowledge that you have to someone else too. Right. And impart them with some like, you know, tips, advice, skills. Yeah. Um, just everything to continue on that art form that you fell in love with with the first exactly. place. Yeah. And and not have it be like a military type environment. Yeah. This is an art skill, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what killed me the whole time. So I didn't expect to be <laughs> treated like a military like person. A cadet, you yeah. Know? Like yeah. a ca- yes, a yeah. cadet. Mm-hmm. It felt like I was a cadet. Mm-hmm. That's how it started to feel. Mm-hmm. And that's how like they would talk to me. Mm-hmm. Very, very blunt. Mm-hmm. Like, hey cadet. Yeah, yeah. You didn't do that right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's how it started to feel. Mm-hmm. And it was not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. I was there to learn an art skill. Right. My God, it's yeah. like fucking learning oil painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell? Yeah. And you started making that realization. Towards the end, I was like, it started getting so bad from mentor number two. Mm. Mentor number one was starting to let up because I think he started seeing like I was so downtrodden. Mm. Like I was, he could see the burnout on me because dealing with mentor number two started to get, there's so many stories I could tell you, mm-hmm. but he was starting to get so unbearable, like treating me like that in front of people mm-hmm. all the time, like barking orders at me, no respect. Like, um, and it was weird because he would be nice to me sometimes. And sometimes he would make me feel like he was my friend. Mm. Like he'd buy me lunch and he'd be super freaking nice to me. Mm-hmm. And then the next moment he would snap. So it was like, I was constantly kind of like bipolar. Yes. Yeah. I was kind of constantly on eggshells. Like, is he going to be my friend right now? Or is he going to be like my enemy? Right. And it started to be like a mentally like taxing thing. I was constantly anxious around him. And then what finally <laughs> drove me to leave was, um, uh, I, so the week prior, it was the stupidest thing, but somebody left out the mop bucket and left it filled up with water. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. It wasn't me. Why is it always the, the every every single place I go to, there's always some fight around the mops. Is it really? Yes. It's always the mops. <laughs> I, I, I swear, maybe mops maybe have some people kind just, of weird spirit yeah, type. Yeah, people just fucking know. hate mops, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Literally. It was so dumb. So somebody left the mop bucket full. This is the mop bucket that you use to like wipe down your station or the floor Mm -hmm. after you're done tattooing someone. And so you're supposed to drain that out every night. If Mm -hmm. you're the last one in the shop, I was always the last one in the shop Mm -hmm. for the most part. Mm -hmm. So the other week I wasn't, um, it was this girl. She forgot to drain the, the mop bucket and mentor number two started working on Sundays when nobody else came into the shop mm. because he was trying to make extra money right. to buy his house. Right. And um, when that girl didn't drain the mop bucket, he was like, who did this? He sent a group chat or a group message to everybody in the shop. He was like, this is unacceptable. Like, uh, who didn't drain this? And um, she fessed up and she was like, hey, it was me. And he automat- he thought it was me, though. 
So and he, he was, called you out by name. Yeah. He, well, wow. he was about to um, mm. just lay it on me. He was mm-hmm. like, oh, I thought it was Maya. He was like, she, she was about to get, you know, mm. she was about to get chewed up. Yeah. He was like, but if it it was you, I get it, dude. And whatever. He was like, he like, you know, wrote Favoritism. it off. Well, it's, it's just treating the apprentice like shit. Okay. Okay. You know, yeah. it, that's, that's what it boils down mm. to. So it's just, you're, you're the low bear on the totem pole yeah, right yeah so you're 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 the one that gets all the shit yep so next week rolls around and it was a hard ass week let me tell you like every day i was getting in trouble for something that wasn't merited owner one was being you know a little bitch like he usually is <laughs> and um <laughs> like i i uh what happened Oh, so I I found it really hard. It was kind of like in between tax season Mm -hmm. and people weren't getting their returns like they expected. Mm -hmm. So um, there wasn't a lot of walk-ins coming in. So I was really feeling like down on myself because I I didn't have any walk-ins for the the week. I was stressed out because I wasn't getting paid. It's already been six months. Like I wasn't getting paid consistently. And, um, I was starting to stress out about, about the whole thing, about the apprenticeship. I was like, I don't even know if I want to be here dealing with all of this mental turmoil plus the, you know, how much this is taking out on my body being here every, every day. So late. Um, like I, I just don't, I didn't know if I could take it anymore. Five days a week, right? Or, uh, Tuesday to Saturday. Tuesday to Saturday. Okay. So six, six Mm, or five five. days. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Sorry. I can't math. No, you're good. (laughs) So, um, Long story short, end of the weekend comes. It's Saturday. I get a walk-in, and it's late. Like, I get it at, like, uh, 5.30, I think, is what what time it was. But I took it. I was Mm -hmm, like, you know mm -hmm. what? I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to tattoo. So I get done with the client. Um, Mentor number one is still there with his client. And um, when I finish my tattoo, he comes over to me and he was like hey you're doing a really great job like i just want you to know don't be discouraged sometimes i got that sometimes Mm -hmm. i got you know encouragement and it felt really nice Mm -mm. it was mostly from um the owner Mm. he he had moments where he would encourage me and that always felt good because it was a very rare thing right and um when he told me that um i held in my tears i tried not to cry (laughs) he was like suck it up (laughs) But I was like, thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, I'm feeling kind of down. And he was like, I get it. This is a hard industry. You know, the walk-ins will come. Your clientele will build. He was like, just keep at it. He was like, this is the moment in your career where you're going to want to quit. And I was like, yeah. And I wanted so badly to tell him, hey, like, it's not just because I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. It's because, like, I need to be treated better. I wanted to say that, but Mm -mm. he wouldn't have listened. Yeah. So I'm exhausted after that. He tells me, he, he wants to cut me a break. He's like, hey, don't worry about cleaning the shop tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just go home. So we walk out together and nobody drains the mop bucket, okay? Because I have a, I have a um, checklist that I do every night to mm-hmm. make sure everything's done. Mop bucket is on one of those. Right. I didn't do that because mm-hmm. I was let go early, okay? Mm-hmm. Sunday rolls around. And mentor number two freaks out. He sends a message to the group chat and he was like, I thought this was after last week, 
this wouldn't have happened again. <laughs> Who didn't drain this? And I was like, shit. I was like, I'm going to get reamed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I put in the group chat. I was like, it was me. And then he sends me this long ass text message. And it's a novel. You have it saved. Yeah, I have it <laughs> saved just in case they took me to court or something because wow. I was worried about it. was about that it. serious? Can you believe that over a freaking Over a bucket. fucking mop bucket? Yeah. Can you what believe that? What the fuck? <clears throat> yeah, here you go. Oh my, oh my God. What the fuck am I looking at? He was like, he, this was Maya. Okay. He was like, this was Maya. Dot. Maya, what's up with you lately? You seem to be dropping the ball a whole bunch and it's starting to be an issue. I made a point out of the mop bucket last week and this week you let it happen. You think you would know better. (laughs) You're supposed to have your flash sheet done every week, at least two large pieces, and you're supposed to show them to myself. These last two weeks I had to ask you what you've been working on and you didn't take the initiative to show me. I'm not sure if you're showing anyone else, but when we set set up these assignments... It was understood that each Saturday you were to have a sheet finished. I'll explain this okay. after. Okay. I'm not sure why you only check things off with... Oh, did I say their names? Make sure you bleep that Okay, out. okay. <laughs> I'll make sure my editor bleeps them out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why you only check things off with mentor number one and not myself as we discussed in the past, as you should do both. Um, you have had a bit of an attitude at the shop lately as well. And it's been noticed by more than just myself. I'm not sure what's going on with you, but something needs to be adjusted. Show some ambition, show some drive, take some damn initiative. You're past the point in your apprenticeship that you should, shouldn't have to be told what to do. We shouldn't have to hold your hand at all anymore. It seems we repeat ourselves every day in some way. I hope that something is up with you and you can make an adjustment because otherwise it seems that you're wasting everybody's time here. I'm saying this in the group message so that there are no secrets and everything is up front. I've been biting my tongue and watching, waiting to see if you would correct your course, but it seems like you're going off the rails. It's time to dial shit back and get focused. What the fuck? And this is... Over a mop bucket. Over a mop bucket. And that was the moment where I was like, I have zero respect. I was like, you if you feel this way about me, why can't you pull me to the side? Yeah. And tell and tell me in privately yeah. or yeah, yeah. Like why did you have to say that in front of the whole shop's group message? And then the week prior when that girl didn't do it, he was just he like didn't Oh have anything to say. Yeah. What the fuck? What's worse is that everything that he said in that text message is delusional. I did everything, everything I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And he acted as if I was doing nothing. Did your other shopmates like not back you up at all? No, wow. nobody backed me up at all. That's crazy. Nobody backed me up when they were like my friends, mm-hmm. literally. Like mm-hmm. at least I like had them You saw there. them like and they every saw day. Me, they saw me work my ass off every yeah. day too. They saw they me bust in my stand ass. Up for you at all. Even uh, the owner. So after I told you about that time that I got yelled at by mentor number two, mm-hmm. the owner came up to me right after that incident and he was like, hey, I'm not picking sides or anything. He was like, I don't know what happened there. He was like, but I just want you to know that you're not lazy and you're doing a great job and um, you do so much for this shop and I see how hard you're working. And he was saying all this stuff to me and he waited to say that stuff to me after mentor number two left, of course. <sighs> right. 
but it's like okay so you feel this way you mm-hmm. see how hard i'm working yet mm-hmm. you can't pipe up yeah and at least at respond least back, back in that text yeah and back me up right it's like bro okay so and that's this that's basically like the whole summary of like old shop mentality yeah that's and like i i completed all my assignments all the time mm-hmm. whenever i went up to mentor number two to pass off my assignments he would ignore me and he would tell me he, i was he was busy too busy he was always too busy to talk to me whenever mm. i went up to him first okay and then he tells me he has the audacity to tell me take some damn initiative it's he's like, probably bro. too busy typing up a whole ass paragraph for you or some shit oh my gosh <laughs> He was always too busy to give me the time of day. Every time I walked up to him, it was as if I was the biggest like nuisance in the world. Mm. So I didn't go up to him. I went up to the owner most of the time mm. for stuff, mm-hmm. to pass off stuff. Mm. So everything he said was a complete delusion. Mm-hmm. He was just an insane person. Mm-hmm. And after that, I realized, you know what? I can't deal with this, these type of people. Mm-hmm. I can't deal or be around people who who don't have my back at all. Yeah, yeah. At it's all. crazy that the your coworkers didn't yeah. even fucking back you up there. Not at all. That's crazy. Yeah, because that's the mentality. Yeah, you're, you're treated like a dog. If you're an apprentice, nobody will. Nobody will. But, um, but that's just like. I like, like who would want to work in that kind of environment? Like, it doesn't matter if that's like the norm in the industry like if you're trying contest it's like well this is this is normal this is how it's supposed to be like why why would you want to go with the crowd and then you know just kind of sit back like yeah sure you can do that or if you respect another human being as a human like you would want to stand up for that person change like why not make a change in the industry like a good change why not be different why not repeat the cycle why why do you guys have to feel like you you have to repeat the cycle of abuse yeah like why is that a tradition that's so stupid yeah so that's why i left i literally got my shit out that night (laughs) i was like i am done Mm -hmm. because i can't take it anymore Mm -hmm. i can't take the disrespect can't take the abuse anymore and it, they were constantly gaslighting me. Mm. It was just, I, I started seeing a lot of things afterwards that I was like, wow, I let a lot of sl- shit slide. Mm-hmm. And I was treated like a five-year-old every day. Mm-hmm. It's like, hello, I'm 30. Right. Like, I took a step backwards. I humbled myself coming from a degree, uh, uh, not a degree, but uh, a successful career in finance. Right. I'm taking a successful step down mm-hmm. from this career that I established for myself to be a lowly apprentice, mm-hmm. to be a humble apprentice. Yeah. Like, does that not show enough initiative for right, you guys? Right, right. It was insane. And, like, do you think shows like Miami Inc. and LA Inc., like, do you think it contributed to the shop mentality, like the old school shop mentality? Um, it, I don't know if it contribute to, com- contributed to it, but it did show some of it. Mm. So um, I can't remember what his name was, but there was an apprentice on there named Yoji. He was mm-hmm. from Japan. Okay and oh ami james ami james okay, it was okay. ami james's uh apprentice and he was treated like absolute shit mm. in that show mm. and it was just normal like that's that's how apprentices were treated like that's just the culture of it mm. and it's stupid like it it shouldn't be like that but luckily like i said the progressive movement in tattooing is spilling over and it's starting to change. Like people are starting to reject that, mm-hmm. and that's why there's so many self-taught tattoo artists nowadays. Mm-hmm. And these old heads are pissed off about it. But it's like that's what 
happens when you treat people like shit yeah yeah and that's what happens in a culture shift exactly yeah. a culture shift culture that's shift. exactly so it's like if you're gonna treat people like shit like i'm sorry if your shops start going down yeah everywhere. because yeah. ultimately like no one wants to be in an environment exactly. like that yeah. and what's unfortunate is like a lot of these people that are self-teaching like are doing really shitty tattoos mm-hmm. and shitty work at the mm-hmm. beginning yeah you know what i mean it <laughs> yeah. sucks but like that's the consequences of it i guess mm-hmm. i don't condone that mm-hmm. i think an apprenticeship at a safe space type tattoo shop is the best way to go mm-hmm. for sure i mean i learned i did learn a lot in my apprenticeship a lot of stuff broke a lot of bad habits learned how to clean efficiently that's like the most important thing mm. and i learned what to look for in good tattoo work mm. i learned what a shitty tattoo is compared to a good tattoo Mm -hmm. so that's extremely important Mm -hmm. so i do feel like an apprenticeship is a great way to go if you can find like a safe tattoo shop that Mm -hmm. isn't going to treat you like shit yeah that isn't going to treat you like a dog like supportive of what you're trying to go through and what you're trying to learn supportive to you as an artist right and just like respect you as a person exactly Mm. so it's possible and they're they're popping up more and more everywhere so it's just a matter of finding them Mm -hmm. and how would you describe your art style my art style yeah yeah since you're self-taught um with tattooing yeah it's everything (laughs) so i for the most part um i enjoy doing american traditional okay so that's like sailor jerry type Mm. stuff have you seen that kind of stuff yeah i think i know and hardy type design you know kind of the Mm -hmm. basic like the the heart with a little banner typical like tattoo when you think of tattoos like Mm -hmm. old school tattoos yeah yeah i love that Mm -hmm. so i would say those big bold lines with like the basic colors those are my favorite and it's like the also the complete opposite so I love traditional and then I also love fine line, which is the complete opposite of American traditional. Mm. So it's like, you know, the very dainty, mm-hmm. you know, light shade work, mostly line work type stuff. Mm. So complete cr- contrast towards one each other, one of one, one of each other. So it's like big, bold lines in contrast to the fine line. So right. Those are my favorite styles to okay. do for sure. And how did you like build up a clientele? So for clientele, um, a lot of the clientele came from walk-ins. Mm. Um, most of it's friends and family and word of mouth. Okay. So still working on building my clientele on social media. I'm not good at posting every day. Definitely mm-hmm. need to be better at that. Mm-hmm. But so most of it was walk-ins. Mm. So another blessing from an apprenticeship is is getting that that um, exposure. Exposure. Mm. Yeah. So walk-ins was huge as an apprentice for finding more clientele for sure. Okay. It's hard finding clientele. It really is. It really is. I think is. as anything. Yeah. Right? If if you're just like starting out, if you're starting out, you're trying it's to hard build to up your clientele. like your skill set and your brand as a as an artist. Mm-hmm. Like people are kind of skeptical at first to go to you. Definitely until you have a giant portfolio. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, you oh, know, do I should I really trust this person to exactly. tattoo something on my body this, forever? Yeah, yeah. So it's understandable, understandable that people are are skeptical, skeptical, skeptical. skeptical about it as they should be have you ever had someone come up to you and say can you remove this tattoo for me i have actually Hmm. yeah do you learn that at all no okay you don't learn that um you can cover up a tattoo Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so like if someone is ever asked me um you know can you remove this 
I'm like, well, you'll have to go get it lasered mm. if you want it totally gone, but mm-hmm. we can cover it up for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Because mm-hmm. some tattoos are not coverable. Right. If it's too dark, can't cover it up. Right. But yeah, they don't teach you how to how to remove it because you have to have like high tech laser type things for it. Right. So you they know? basically only teach you to cover up a tattoo and not get yeah. rid of that tattoo. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of that's kind of contradictory almost, right? Yeah, it is contradictory. Hmm. Um, most people prefer a cover up mm, because okay. laser removal is more painful mm. and it's super, super expensive. How much? Ballpark. Um, ballpark. So ballpark, like say you wanted to remove like like a inch long um, butterfly tattoo okay. off of your wrist. Mm-hmm. That would be probably three sessions. Three sessions? Three sessions, and each session is about five to six hundred, seven hundred dollars. What the fuck? That's the ones I've seen. That's crazy. It's expensive. Super, Holy super expensive. Shit. Basically, fifteen hundred dollars for three sessions? Yeah. It's wild. They that's, make a lot of money there. Wow. And I could be wrong with pricing, but that's Mm-mm. that's what they quoted me for mine. Okay, so. okay. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. yeah, so I didn't end up going through with it. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well. It's better to, t- uh, to just... Cover up than get it removed. Or just know what you want to get. Before, before you get Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really be sure that you want to get what you wanna ha- want forever right, right. on your body. And so I know that you have your own studio in your house. Mm-hmm. What is that like working from home? It's so nice. It is the best. So at my studio, um, I only tattoo uh, friends, family, and then word of mouth. Okay. Until I get enough um, exposure or, you know, gather up enough clientele to open up my own mm-hmm. like private studio. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be working at home for now. But Mm. it is so nice to be in my element Mm -hmm. in contrast to the shop that had blaring music (laughs) on and it was screaming and just chaotic and bad energy, bad vibes. Whereas at my home, it's just me and my client in a white room Mm -hmm. and there's plants and it's very like boho, chic, like you know yeah very girly something different i'm playing like trancey edm mm. it's like a vibe that and sounds like a vibe mm-hmm. it's like my artistic vibe mm. and that's that's what i want to create for like my actual studio mm-hmm. it's so much better so you already have like a vision of how oh you absolutely mm. yeah it's definitely going to be like a hippie type vibe okay you know okay somewhere where people can come and feel comfortable and know that they're going to get good work done but not feel like super intimidated the whole time. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. they actually say that when you play, um, that screamo shit (laughs) and the hard rock and roll type stuff, Mm -hmm. like heavy um, metal. Yeah. It makes the tattoo more painful. Does it really? Mm hmm. Hmm. Yeah. They say that it's better to play like classical music. Because you're just, (laughs) because you're just, Oh, so soothing, <laughs> getting a tattoo done. Exactly. <laughs> Rather than just hearing, like, screaming in your ear, like, ah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They think, psh, these old heads think that that's, like, enjoyable. Like, you know, you're going through pain, so you should hear painful music. But I think like, it no. definitely goes back <laughs> to the whole, like, culture shift, though. It is a culture know? shift. It like, is, yeah. 
back then versus now. Everyone's more, I guess, like empathetic towards like other people's feelings rather than back then where it's just like bravado almost. Like mm-hmm. if you don't show bravado, like no one's gonna yeah go to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. You hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of egos. Yeah, 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 for a sure. A lot of ego. Yeah, hey, I'm going to pat myself on the back <laughs> for that one, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. That was a yeah, good way to explain good. it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It, it's it's so much ego, and they think that that's what, it, what attracts people. Not anymore. Mm, mm. People don't like that, mm. you know? And Maya, do you have any tips or advice for upcoming tattoo artists? People that are wanting to get in the industry? Yeah, people that are wanting to get into the industry. So, like I said, I always do recommend that you get an apprenticeship. I know mine was terrible, but there are ones out there that are great. Um, so, it's just about researching, you know, different shops in your area. Um, but what I would recommend first and foremost, overall, everything is... Um, to actually be an artist Mm. something that drives me crazy Mm -hmm. is when people try to get into tattooing thinking that it's just a tracer job Mm. it's like no you will be so much better in the industry if you actually have an understanding of like the basics of art right you know if you can actually draw like i commend that Mm -hmm. like i i hate when people get into the industry and they can only trace like that's it's annoying. Mm-mm-mm. Like it, you're not gonna have the fundamentals. I mean, that's what I thought originally. Yeah, like, that it's just a tracer yeah, job. Yeah, it can be for some people, but it's gonna help you so much more if you have an understanding of like actual artistically. Art. Yeah, because yes. it translates over to tattooing. Mm-mm. Like it's important to know light and shadow, and you know all of the fundamentals of actual art mm. in order to translate that over to to skin. And there's so much into tattooing and designing like for tattoos that are mm-hmm. that is different from like designing something on a piece of paper there's so much that you have to know about like designing tattoos could it because it's going to read differently on the skin right so that's why an, an, an apprenticeship is important as well i think because you can't i don't really think that you can learn all of that on your own mm-hmm. too well um, you might be able to take some courses online because, you know, the internet is am- an amazing place yeah, where you can find courses on anything, yep, right? Yep, yep, So you might be able to find something on, like, tattoo designs and what will translate well over into skin. Um, but, yeah, what I, again, what I would recommend is um, just get good at drawing first. Okay. Be You know, learn your anatomy. Really learn the basics, like light shading, shadow, like, all of that stuff. Um like the go back to like art school mm-hmm, <laughs> if mm-hmm. you're really interested in it a lot mm-hmm. of graphic designers get into tattooing because mm. you're taught all of that stuff mm-hmm. so first learn how to draw get good at drawing and then create an amazing portfolio okay. of like what you think your tattoo designs would be or like what style you want to get into mm-hmm. so create a really really good clean por- portfolio of of work that you've done and you learning how to draw um and then bring your best work to a shop present it to the owner if they'll talk to you and um start from there Hmm. um that's what i would recommend okay um if you're gonna go the self-taught route i would look up a a course that has a lot of credibility so Mm. it's just about researching and seeing 
um, what artist is trustworthy? Like Skillshare courses or like Udemy courses? I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't say Skillshare. Mm. Um, there's other um, courses like one by Ben Fisher. Okay. That's one that I took. He's mm-hmm. really, he's a really good artist. Yeah. I've heard UK. of Ben Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. Really smart dude. Um, he has a lot of good pointers. Um, he's on YouTube. Some of his stuff is for free. I actually ended up buying his course a long time ago. Mm. It was very helpful. So I would recommend his course. Um, also, um, I think Daniel Silva has some stuff. He's a self-taught tattoo artist too. Okay. So if you want some inspiration, I would look at those too. Um, and then also, uh, if you want to look on YouTube, um, art something art something has a lot of amazing free tattoo tutorials Hmm. and he'll kind of go over the basics on how to tattoo safely. Mm -hmm. And then, Oh, another huge thing is learn about bloodborne pathogens Mm. and how to stay safe. If you're going to tattoo people from home, you know, if you really are going to do that. Yeah. You don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be giving everybody HIV. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like just, that's like probably the most important thing. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. Like being safe, making sure you're not giving people diseases, like Mm -hmm. learn about how to clean and, keep surfaces clean Mm -hmm. and then um another huge huge thing is learn about needle depth Mm. because you don't want to be scarring people up Mm -hmm. either so those are huge important things but you don't even got to worry about that stuff you have to learn how to draw first Mm -hmm. and then learn how to do it correctly Mm. afterwards that's what i would recommend okay okay and i don't want to say the last question but (laughs) we're gonna be moving on to alien time (laughs) so do you believe in aliens i do believe in aliens and they terrify me okay so (laughs) what are your thoughts on aliens um so my thoughts on aliens are that can i get weird yeah yeah yeah, okay okay go for it go for it so i'm a very open-minded christian Okay. okay okay and i believe that aliens are actually the um fallen angels in the bible Mm. so in the bible they talk about in the very beginning there were these fallen angels okay that basically were kicked out of heaven because they uh followed satan's um plans instead of god's Mm -hmm. and satan wanted to rebel against god and and basically um uh deceive humanity okay okay because they were god's creation right and so um, he f- he was kicked out of heaven and then the angels that were following him were also kicked out of heaven. Mm-hmm. And then they actually um, came down to earth and they started fucking with humans. Okay. Like literally messing with their genes. Right. Okay. And um, you actually hear about all of these stories in other records too, not just the Bible, but like um, I think it's ancient Sumerian records. Mm-hmm. There's tablets that, portray these beings coming from the sky okay and they're like gods Mm. but they're um they 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 explain how like they messed with like the human genome and they created like the first um human whose name was adam or adan or something okay okay in the sumerian tablets so like they coincide with what the bible says Mm -hmm. which is crazy and then like there's other stories from all over the world that like match the records too about these beings falling from the sky and then messing with with humans messing with like genes to create like human beings Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um i think that's who the aliens are i think they're like 
fallen angels slash aliens, you know, right? who are messing with humanity right now, even okay. to this day. And like so, so the humans that they messed with, right? Like the genome, the humans, the, the humans that they messed their genomes with. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting <laughs> brain fucked here right now. Um, would they be considered aliens too? Then? Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. So I actually learned this yesterday on TikTok. Okay. So <laughs> there was this thing that I saw where um, there is this blood type called RH negative. RH negative. Yeah. I've heard of this before. Yeah. And it only exists in 15% of the population. Right. I'm one of those uh, RH negative blood types. So anyone that has the, I think it's the rhesus um, negative RH, I can't remember what the h stands for but like anyone who has the negative blood type um it's something that scientists can't trace back to earth at all Hmm. so everybody else has a uh most people have the positive blood types right Mm -hmm. like rh positive everybody has that for the most part but the 15 percent um nobody knows where they came from nobody knows where that blood type came from so like the rh positive can be traced back to rhesus monkeys but the arch negative, they have no idea where this came from. And it, it I think they were able to, to see that it like came into or it showed up after like humanity existed for a while. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden it starts entering the gene pool like out of nowhere. Um, way, 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 way back mm. at the beginning of hum- humankind, right? And that ties into the whole right. fallen exactly. angels. Oh my God. Right. So like fallen angels came here and then they started messing, messing with, the with the genome. Yeah. And then it says also in the Bible and then a bunch of other ancient texts too. They talk about this flood, how God had to mm-hmm. create this flood to destroy um, humanity because it was tampered with. Mm-hmm, so humanity mm-hmm. essentially was so fucking messed with by these angels or gods or whatever that God ha- had to like send a flood to wipe out humanity and start all over. Mm. All of these records show that. Not just the Bible, but like so... M- have you heard about that? I this? haven't heard about that. Okay. No, no, no. But it does coincide with like, I do know that... I-, I don't know if it's just a US thing or if it's like a global thing, but like there are cities that are buried underwater. Yeah, like these, Atlantis. M- yes, like mm-hmm. Atlantis or in our case in Georgia, there's... A place called Lanier, Lake Lanier. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's a, there's, I'm not too sure, but this is what I've been hearing from other people that have been here. I haven't done my research, so I'm just quoting off of what I've heard. But it was basically a city that was built there, and then they flooded it for some reason. I'm not too sure. I have to do more, more research on that. But that's why Lake Lanier has this like bad juju, bad vibe about it. Yeah. Why a lot of people die there for uh, all like why a lot of people die there every year is because like i guess the people who who live in that city like there's like ancient yeah, spirits like yeah they're people. just like angry so um it's interesting that you bring that up because um there is a huge like conspiracy theory going on right now on um the interwebs mm-hmm. that um our current society is built over uh, the old civilization. I have was heard wiped of that. I've heard of that one. So if you kind of look at all of these older structures um, that exist, 
they say that we don't have the technology to recreate those old structures mm-hmm. so like i'm trying to think of like the places um so like for example the 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 buildings in italy mm-hmm. or in rome mm-hmm. they say we don't have the technology nowadays to recreate those buildings mm. like nobody knows how they were built they just they're saying that uh essentially like those civilizations were more advanced than us mm-hmm. and they kind of went through something similar like you know how humanity is kind of getting more progressively fucked up yeah yeah <laughs> so yes they essentially were wiped out too mm. and now humanity is starting to fall down that same path again Mm-mm. and then our current buildings and stuff are gonna just be you know empty ghost buildings too and then I they'll mean, build right over us literally <laughs> that's what's happening around us mm-hmm. like as we speak there's yeah. a bunch of buildings that are just being is is it vacant yeah yeah they're being vacated yeah and then it's just like a they're just there and now people are just destroying them and then building up new buildings in place of them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think that's what's going to happen to our humanity. That's Maybe. Crazy. That's the Do you conspiracy. think it will happen in our lifetime? I honestly think it might just just because of all of the um crazy shit that's mm-hmm. happening. Like I've never experienced and I'm I'm a young person. I right. mean, I'm only 30. But out of all of the history like lessons that i've been taught and like hearing what my dad's generation looked like and then like other people and their experience with their generations never have i ever heard of like a crazier generation than Than like ours (laughs) what we're going through and what we're seeing and the techno technological like advances that we're seeing Mm -hmm. like i there's no way we're not communicating with aliens right now. Right, right. With how fast technology is accelerating, mm-hmm. there's no way we don't have like some kind of intervention going on. Right. There's no way. Like with 5G all of a sudden happening, mm-hmm, with like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like with all of these this other stuff going on with like... Um, Wi-Fi 6, Wi-Fi 7. That and then... AI. Everything else that's like destroying us, like our finances, yeah. like the, the the debt that we're in right now. And then, um, you know, our food is all messed up. Mm-hmm. Like GMOs are crazy. It's giving us cancer. And then um, like just everything gives you cancer, right? Yeah, Nowadays? yeah, basically. I just feel like our, our world is becoming uninhabitable Mm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i can feel it in the air and Mm -hmm. other people Mm -hmm. feel it too Mm -hmm. i just feel like something ominous is starting is 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 happening yeah yeah and then you see all these videos um come out all over the place of weird stuff going on in the sky yeah like like how that in vegas there's like a alien crash or alien ufo crash landing and people seeing like aliens aliens and then you're seeing like weird um formations in the clouds Mm. and like things that people haven't seen in the sky before like double suns and shit yeah 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 like what is happening it's weird yeah it's a wild time to be alive it is a wild time so and then you have all these people believing in the flat earth and making mm-hmm, their like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're contesting it it's it's a wild time i feel like we're on the brink of like some information being spilled about like ancient knowledge mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. stuff that they've kept hidden from us from like the dawn of man mm-hmm. i think that's about to like some serious knowledge is about to be un unrevealed right you know what I mean? Yeah. Or revealed, I mean. Yeah, unrevealed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think I think some serious shit is gonna go down. Okay. Okay. Are you happy that you're alive during this time? 
I the okay. The only reason why I hesitate mm-hmm. is because there's so much of the unknown going on right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to be alive in this this moment. I think we're about to see some real crazy things happen. So in that sense, I'm I'm happy. I think we're going to witness what a lot of human beings have never witnessed before. Mm-hmm. I'm just concerned that it's not going to be good. Mm. You know? Yeah. So is it exciting in a sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's also very terrifying. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> well, Maya, I'm glad you gave us your insight on aliens, tattoos, and relationships, and just believing in yourself, having confidence in yourself. It's a very inspiring story. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you for coming on to the Probing Aliens podcast. I really do appreciate it. Until next time, peace. Peace. Greetings, Earthlings. If you did enjoy this episode, please do give us a like on whatever platform you were watching this slash listening to this on, whether it be... uh, you know, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Twitter, um, SoundCloud, Pocket Cast. Um, you know, we're also on socials like Instagram, TikTok, you know, again, YouTube. So, uh, oh, Twitter. Don't forget Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, go, go give us a follow, you know, check us out.